You are tuning in to Amazing Discoveries in Bible Prophecy. Join us for this weekly, thought-provoking Bible prophecy series that gives hope in the midst of a troubled world. Discover how prophecy provides meaning, purpose, and life-changing truths that is guaranteed to transform your life. This is a pre-recorded, interactive Bible study, and we welcome you to join in and listen in. Uh, as we talk about baptism, this is good. This is good. Um, let's begin in the book of Matthew. If you have your Bible, we're going to begin in Matthew um, chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 is where we're going to begin, and that's the first uh, text that you find on your study guide in, as it relates to baptism. And we're going to start there. Uh, Jeff, if you have it, could you please um, read it for us? Jeff, uh, um, yep. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, just verse 1 for now. Just for fun? Okay. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. All right, so that's that's where it begins. You know, simple text right there. He be, he came preaching. There was this man. He was a, a very strange man. His name was John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist, um, of course, that's not his last name, but that's his title. And he was born in uh, Judea, and he went out throughout his older years into the wilderness. And as going out into the wilderness, flocks of people, thousands of people, all about the regions of Judea and Jordan, everything, they were all coming to hear this man preach. And welcome to Perina as we see you. Um, to hear this man preach, he had a very specific message. It was a very pointed message. And, and no one had ever heard any preaching like this before. Of course, when Jesus came, Jesus preached much more miraculously and much more greater. And no one had heard any preaching like Jesus. But for the time being, John was just preaching. And John was that prophet that was to prepare the way for Jesus to come. Now, uh, Jeff, if you could read for us verse 5 and 6 as we understand something weird that John did. Verse 5 and verse 6. Okay. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. There, uh, John introduced, well not introduced, but John did something that when you read the Bible, it is never mentioned anywhere else. Um, and, but when you study history, you will discover that this practice was a common practice in the uh, ancient Israel or, or the Jewish nation at the time, uh, and Jewish culture and Jewish religion, which is the, the, the concept of baptism, that when you make a step in your Christian walk, when you make a step in faith and, and, and give your life to Christ anew, you are baptized ties and confess those sins that you have come in the past and john is preaching this message to all these people and all these individuals are flocking to him and at the end of his sermon he would say now who wants to give their lives to the god of abraham isaac and jacob and repent of all their sins and people would raise their hands and as they raised their hands john would say come 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 and they'd go down into the jordan river and he'd baptize them and while they were baptized it symbolized the confession of sin 
the giving up of sin, the repentance of sin. Repentance is turning away or choosing to turn away from sin. This is the concept of baptism. And as far as Christians are concerned, John is the originator of it. Of course, it existed before John, and he's taken the practice from the Jewish nation. But as far as Christians are concerned, this is where we got it from, John. And you'll discover that in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 3 and verse, verse uh, 16 and 17, the Bible tells us that John baptized Jesus. Matthew 3, 16 and 17, it says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up out of the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. That is the baptism of Jesus. So even our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ was baptized. This act is so important simply because of the fact that Jesus uh, uh, went through it. And so today we need to talk about what baptism is. What is uh, uh, the rite of baptism? What does it symbolize? What does it represent? What's it all about? Uh, so number two, number two, uh, the question that is asked here is what glorious ceremony symbolizes a washing from the leprosy of sin? Now, let me just say something that I find interesting about these study guides is it, it asks questions and then it doesn't explain what it, it asks questions because it, it wants a specific answer. But now I have to explain something. In ancient culture, in, in, in the Bible, in Judaism, in Jewish culture, there was this thing called leprosy. Leprosy is a disease. It caused much pain. Of course, we know we don't have the disease today because we have vaccinations. But at that time, leprosy was an awful disease and it was incurable to the ancient mind because they didn't have vaccines like we do. With that being said, because of the awful nature of leprosy, many people believe that if you were a leper, it's because you sinned against God. And so in the Jewish mind, leprosy was representative of sin. An individual who had leprosy represented a sinner. They were always called a sinner. Now we know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but in their minds, those who didn't keep the law were sinners. That, you know, it's a different concept for them. Now, only twice, well, actually three times, three times in the Bible, there were individuals or lepers cleansed. Jesus healed 10. There was a man by the name of Naaman. And then there was a man, uh, another man whose name we do not know that was cleansed of leprosy. The first person that was cleansed of his leprosy was called Naaman. This is in the book of First Kings. Uh, uh, actually, that's the story that was mentioned at the beginning of the lesson on the other page right um, here, if you see. Naaman, Naaman, of course, was a leper all his life. He was a wonderful man. He was not necessarily an Israelite. He was a Syrian. And God told Naaman, go into the Jordan and wash seven times. And if you wash those seven times, you will be cleansed of your leprosy. Now, I want you to notice what I said in the beginning as I was explaining what leprosy was. I said leprosy is a symbol of sin. When you read Naaman's story, when you're applying it to your life, you ought to say, oh, I'm just like Naaman because I'm a sinner. Leprosy symbolizes sin. And the washing that Naaman had to go through in the Jordan River symbolized the cleansing from sin. Now, in the book of Acts, if you have your Bible, please turn there. To Acts chapter 22 and 16. The Bible tells us 
what we need to do in order to symbolize or in order to complete the cleansing or the washing away from sin. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And the Bible says these words, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away all your sins, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. Baptism is a symbol that represents a washing away of sin. All right. So if you have a pen and you're writing these things down, you, you want to ask you want to write a heading or something that says, what is baptism? And you'll say, number one, baptism is a, a, a symbol of a cleansing from sin. That's number one. It symbolizes the cleansing of sin. I'm going to get more into that in just a moment. So in the book of Ephesians now, we're going on, in the book of Ephesians, the Bible tells us these words, Ephesians chapter four and verse five, because there are many different types of ways that individuals get baptized. Many different ways that people get baptized. Of course, in some cultures and in some faiths, we have those individuals that get baptized by uh, uh, sprinkling. Uh, others individuals, they get baptized through um, um, your babies are baptized, you know, you just dip them in water and things like that. There are so many different ways to baptize an individual, but according to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5, the Bible says there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. In other words, the biblical way of being cleansed, or symbolizing the cleansing of sin, there's only one way to do it. And that comes from a concept of the word baptize. The word baptize comes from a Greek word, baptizo, and baptizo means to submerge, to plunge under, or to put under. Now, this is why Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12 says, we are buried with him with baptism. That means we are dunked, <laughs> buried in the water, and we come up out of the water. So when you get baptized, it's through what we call immersion, not sprinkling or anything else. The biblical way of baptism is through immersion. And Jesus was baptized this way. When John baptized him in uh, Matthew chapter 3, in Mark chapter 1, and in John uh, chapter 1, the Bible says he went under the water. He was, he, he, he was submerged in the water and came up out of the water. Jesus was baptized this way, and this is the way to be baptized. Now, there's a reason why. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12 says we are buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him, notice this, through faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Now, two things. Number one is, I told you the baptism represents the cleansing from sin. Number two is Jesus was baptized by being submerged in the water. Now we need to remember something. Jesus died. We need to remember that. Jesus, who is equal with God, became a man and died. So when Colossians 2, chapter 12, says you are buried with him in baptism, it's saying when you get baptized, you die. You die to the old life of sin. So number one, baptism represents a, a cleansing from sin. But number two, baptism represents a new life. 
when you come up out of the water, the Bible says you are risen through faith in the working or in a new life of baptism. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, uh, you asked, so the sprinkling, so the sprinkling does not mean anything. It's just a ritual. This is correct. Um, sprinkling is not the biblical way to baptize. John the Baptist baptized by submersion. And we know this because the Bible tells us in Mark chapter one that when Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. It does not say that they put water on him. It says he came up out of the water. Uh, um, we also know this from the word baptize, meaning um, in the Greek, meaning to submerge, to put under water. So baptism by sprinkling does not mean anything. That's correct. If we're gonna be baptized, we have to be buried in the water because the symbol is we're buried with him. That means symbolically we have died to the old life of sin and now we're moving forward to live a new life with Christ by uh, the power of his Holy Spirit. Jeff, I hope that answered your question. And if it did, uh, give me a thumbs up. Okay, cool. So John baptized Jesus. Jesus was baptized by what we call immersion. He was put in the water. And you and I, when we give our lives to Jesus, we too have to be baptized by immersion. So I told you two things in the beginning, and I hope you remember those things. Number one is baptism represents the cleansing of sin. Number two, baptism represents death to the old life. And it represents arising or coming up to a new life. And welcome to those individuals who have just joined us talking about the beautiful gift of baptism. Baptism, baptism. Uh, so what other symbolic things can we understand from, from being baptized? What, what, what else does baptism mean? Because it means so many different things. I wanna show you a text and I don't, uh, uh, it, it'll come up soon in our lesson. But I wanna show you a text found in the book of John. John chapter three, and this is the go-to text for baptism because Jesus is the one talking. If I'm gonna do anything, I'm gonna do it because Jesus tells me to do it. If you agree with that, you can type in the chat, amen. If I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it because Jesus says that I should do it. So what does Jesus say about this thing called baptism? In the book of John and the third chapter, and I want us particularly look at the um, third verse, John chapter three and verse three. And Sherry, if you are able to read, could you read John chapter three, verse three? And then I'll continue on with the rest. Okay. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Thank you, Sherry. You're welcome. Now remember I said, baptism represents a death to the old life. Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. He can't even go into the kingdom of God. Now he's talking to a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a Jew, you know, and, and Nicodemus is a very religious man. And Jesus is telling this religious man who knows a lot, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus, you know, he's smart Alec. He's trying to, uh, you know, joke around with Jesus. And he says, well, Jesus, you know, I can't go back into my mother's womb. I can't, I can't enter back in there. 
And Jesus is, doesn't have time for jokes. He's not trying to be silly or anything. So that's why in verse five, he says that unless you are born of the water and then of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. The new birth is being born of the water, not going back into your mother's womb like Nicodemus was talking about, but is being born of the water. That is, when you go down into the water, you are buried with him in baptism. But when you come up out of the water, you come up in the newness of life, you come up as a born again individual. I don't know if you guys have heard this concept of people say I'm a born again Christian. And the Bible says the only way an individual can be a born again Christian is if he is born of the water. Now, the other way is to be born of the spirit. And I'll talk about that in just a few moments. But the first step of being born again and coming into the newness of life must take place in baptism. This is what Jesus has told us. He says, except a man be born of the water, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you why it's so important to get baptized. But after, before I tell you that, let me read to you Romans 6 and verse 4 so I can simplify this concept of being born again. Romans 6 and verse 4, the Bible says, and I, I want to make sure I have it right, but it says, uh, it says, therefore, we were buried with him. I read that again in Colossians. We're buried with him through baptism into death. That is to say, when we get baptized, we symbolically die. And it keeps going on to say that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should we walk to the newness of life. That is to say, when we are raised up out of the water of baptism, we should continue forward in the newness of life. And the Greek suggests life new. In other words, when you get baptized, they dunk you in the water, splash, you come right up. You don't come up the same old individual that you were before you got baptized. You don't come up the same old person, but you come up with a conscientious decision. I'm living a new life. I'm done with those old habits of sin. I'm done with those old ways. I'm living a new life. And of course, you can only live that new life by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'll get to that in just a moment. So baptism, number one, represents a cleansing from sin because the water washes us from the sin like leprosy washed us from sin or like water washed leprosy from uh, disease of leprosy. Number two, it represents death to the old life. Baptism represents death to the old life buried with him in baptism. Number three, baptism represents a, a consecration or a commitment to a new life. Number one, washing away sins. Number two, death to the old life. Number three, the commitment to live a new life. Jesus was baptized. And Jesus was baptized as our example. First Peter chapter one, or chapter two, sorry. Chapter two, yes, tells us that, that, that um, Jesus left an example that we should follow in his footsteps. That means if Jesus was baptized, we too should get baptized. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 makes this a little more solidified and, and makes it more plain as to the importance of baptism. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. 
In other words, that is to say, we must have the two. It must be baptism and belief. They must go hand in hand. If you have the opportunity to get baptized, you must do it for Jesus says, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And if you believe in Christ, believe in his truth, then the next necessary step that you must take is baptism, not because of a church, not because of a movement, but simply because God requires it of his children. He requires us to be baptized. Baptism is a public declaration that you're a Christian, a public declaration that you've given your life to Jesus. When you get baptized, everybody sees it. Jesus was baptized. Jordan baptized, surrounded by thousands of people from all those towns. So when you get baptized, everybody sees it. You can't become a Christian and nobody know you're a Christian. God does not want us to be Christians in private for, he says, uh, that we should be, um, we should give an occasion and tell everyone the reason of our faith. Everyone should know what we believe. We're lights in the world. And by getting baptized, you're letting your light shine. Now, someone asked the question, well, what if I don't have the opportunity to get baptized? Because some individuals give their life to Jesus just as they die. And there's a thief on the cross next to Jesus as he was dying on the cross. He gave his life to Jesus just before he died. And he never had the opportunity to be baptized. Does that mean he's not going to see the kingdom of God because he never got baptized? No, that's not true. In the event that an individual can't get baptized, Jesus counts his baptism for them. Remember, I, I don't know if I told you this some week ago, but uh, there's this concept of imparted and imputed righteousness. Imparted is Jesus gives you the power to do good. Imputed is Jesus gives you the credit for something he did. And so in the event that an individual can't get baptized, Jesus gives them credit. If they believe, Jesus says, don't worry about it. My baptism counts for you. And we can praise God for Jesus getting baptized in, the, on be, uh, in behalf of those who can't get baptized, just as sure as he died on behalf of those who could not die for themselves, those individuals being all of us. Uh, if that makes sense, please, please uh, let me know with a thumbs up. And if you have any questions, please, um, please ask, please ask. I have a question. This is Parina. Yes, so, hi, Parina. Hi. So I know like from the friends who are Christian, um, they like, usually they have like a baby, so they get the baptism done as a babies. Uh, so as an adult, like if you're not coming from the Christian family, like is there a kind of requirement you have to follow before you get baptized as an adult? Um, like I've seen um, it in a movies, but I just try to understand from the biblical point of view. Yes, and that's a very good question. That's a very good question. And I want to go back to that text that I showed you in Matthew 16, 16. It says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Um, the, the, the concept that we get there is that an individual shouldn't get baptized until they believe. Babies don't have the consciousness or the, the, the mental understanding to uh, believe in Christ yet. They don't have the ability to make their own decisions. So the Bible teaching doesn't mention baptizing babies. Now in the Bible, we have this concept of 
baby dedications, but that's not baptism. Baptism only happens for whether that be an adult or a child or anyone, for individuals that have the ability to make their own decision to follow Jesus. And so if an adult decides to give their life to Jesus, then they too should be baptized. I hope that answered the question, Karina. Yes, thank you. Okay. But yes, many churches do do baby baptisms, but we need to acknowledge the fact that that is not a biblical principle. That is more of a ritual that particular churches do. Um, but baptism is for those who can make the decision, those who can consciously uh, acknowledge their faith in Jesus and confidently acknowledge that as well. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. It says right here, and I want to read this because this is a beautiful text, and it is an important text for us as we're talking about the concept of baptism. And let me let me pull it out in my Bible. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. And it says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on. Notice what it says. You have put on Christ. Now Christ is Christ is the perfect man. When we think of righteousness, when we think of perfection, when we think of good, when we think of sinlessness, when we think of commandment keeping, we ought to think of Jesus. And so if we're going to live the Christian life, Jesus has to be with us. When Paul says you have put on Christ, it's like he's saying you put on the righteousness of Christ. That's a symbolic thing that we find in the Bible is that Jesus gives us his, his character and his character is represented by white robes. And so they're saying you put on Christ, you put on the character of Christ. When you get baptized, you are symbolically declaring that you are putting on the character of Christ. You are uh, acknowledging to the world that from henceforth, that from this mo moment forward, I am trying to live like Jesus. I'm trying to be like Jesus. You're telling everyone that. And I'm trying to be like Jesus in every way, whether that be through my character, through my Sabbath keeping, through the way I eat, drink, dress, through, through how I treat people, the love that I have, whatever it is, I'm trying to live like Jesus. That is what it means to be baptized. That's the statement that you're declaring to the world. And, and when an individual gets baptized, that is what should take place. So in number 10, of course, the Bible makes this plain. Uh, number 10 tells us what commandment did Jesus give before his ascension? And I think this is an interesting thing to think about because the text helps us understand the nature of baptism a bit more. And Perina, it goes to your question as well. Matthew 28 and verse 19, go teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen to what it says go teach all nations baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit i'm asking a question and i want someone to put it in the chat if possible which comes first the baptism or the teaching which comes first baptism or teaching and someone can answer in the comments uh if you are able, 
Sherry says teaching. Go and teach all nations, then it says baptize. In other words, in other words, Perina says teaching, thank you, thank you. In other words, it's not wise to be baptized until you've been taught. This is what I'm trying to say, and it's going to get into number 11. We need to understand what we're getting baptized into. You get what I'm saying? This is why the Bible does not teach baptizing babies, because babies don't understand. I know of many individuals who were baptized as babies, and as they got older, they said, well, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't believe in that stuff. So then what was the point in getting baptized as a baby? The Bible says that the first step that must take place is that individual needs to be taught the truth. They need to be taught the teachings of what the Bible says, and they need to make the choice as to whether or not they accept it. God does not force anything on us. He gives us the ability to make the decision for ourselves. So when we get baptized, Matthew chapter 28 says we need to be taught. We need to understand what we're getting baptized into. Mark 6, 16, Mark, Mark 6, 16 says we need to believe it. It's our decision. It's our choice. Then Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it gives us the impression that we need to repent of our sins. I told you baptism is the washing away of sins, and it is a public statement that you are, you are turning away from the old life. And because of that turning away, that, uh, um, that is what we call repentance. Repentance is another way of saying turning away. It's another way of saying I'm giving it up. It's another way of saying I'm letting go. And when an individual gets baptized, they ought to let go of those old habits of sin that so uh, captivated them and, 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 and kept them in bondage for so long. When you give your life to Christ, you ought to give your life to Christ fully. And when an individual gets baptized, they ought to be willing to say, I'm done with that. Now, that's not to say they're going to be free from sin when they come out of the water. <laughs> You will, you and I will still struggle with sins and, and, and things of that nature. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be able to overcome. But what God wants is the decision. The Bible tells us if there's a will, there is a way. God simply wants the will. And so when we get baptized, we're giving him our will. We're saying, Lord, I'm willing to give it up whether that's alcohol, whether that's lust, whether that's pride, you say, Lord, I'm willing to give it up and I'm willing to walk in the newness of life. That's the repentance. Uh, repentance is I'm okay to let go. And repentance is I'm gonna turn and follow you. When you get baptized, you're accepting Christ. You're accepting Jesus. You're accepting his death. That's why the Bible says buried with him in baptism. You're buried with him, not separate from him. It's with him. It's a union. It, Jesus is your savior. He means something to you. He's important to you. You guys are closely knit with one another when you get baptized. The relationship begins, and it's a beautiful thing when an individual gives their life to Jesus to be baptized. In fact, let me tell you this. The Bible says that when one individual repents and gives their life to Jesus, it says there's joy in heaven. I don't know if you know the story of the prodigal son. And in the story of the prodigal son, the Bible says that, that Jesus, when he was trying to explain the story, he said, there is joy in heaven over one repentant sinner. In other words, what the Bible is suggesting is 
every time an individual gets baptized and gives their life to Jesus, heaven has a Holy Ghost frenzy and gets into a wonderful party and they rejoice and praise God. A party takes place in heaven when people give their lives to Christ and when people get baptized. And we ought to say amen to that because excuse me, Jesus and God and all of the angels and the entire universe is gloriously glad that somebody has decided to follow Jesus. That's good news. And I'm glad that they're glad that we can give our lives to him. Now, the lesson wants us to talk about a few things. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk about, I want to explain something. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew chapter three, which is where we began actually. And I want to explain something about baptism. Um, and if possible, I see, I see, uh, let's see, Roger, are you able to read for us Matthew chapter three uh, in verse 16? If possible, Roger. Okay. Thank you. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting and lightning on him. Thank you. Thank you. This is a wonderful text, and, and I'm trying to hold myself back from shouting too much and be getting too excited because sometimes I can get excited. But listen to this. The Bible says when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him. When Jesus got out of the water, the first thing that he received was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power to do right. In Galatians chapter 5, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith. All those things are character traits that every Christian should have. And the Greek suggests that the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit produced by the Spirit. In other words, love is something that the Spirit produces in you. Joy is something the Spirit produces in you. What is suggested there is that you cannot have those character traits without the Holy Spirit. I hope that makes sense. When Jesus was baptized, he received the Holy Spirit. When you and I get baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we get out of the water, the first thing we get is the Holy Spirit to give us power to live this new life. We don't have to do this by ourselves. And this is why I want us to know this, because they, they, when I was a kid, they used to tell me, it's easier to go to hell than it is to go to heaven. That's what they used to tell me. And I don't believe that. Because when you have the power of God, when you have Jesus, when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have all the angels ministering to you, the Bible says that, that if God before you, who can be against you? In other words, it's easier to go to heaven than it is to, to, to suffer damnation in hell simply because you have more power from heaven than you do to sin. So when you give your life to Jesus, God sends you all the power he can possibly give you in order for you to live each and every day. That's baptism. Baptism requires the Holy Spirit. 
And, and, and this is why Jesus said in John chapter three, that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He must be born of the water, that's baptism. And then he must be born of the spirit, that is the receiving of the Holy Spirit after baptism. And you must receive the Holy Spirit each and every day. Every morning when you wake up, you have to pray, Lord, send me your Holy Spirit yet again. Because we need to be born again every single day. Baptism is perhaps one of the most important things of the Christian life. Not because there's power in the water. I want that to be clear. I mentioned the story of Naaman the leper. Naaman the leper was this leper in 1 Kings or 2 Kings, I'm sorry. And he had leprosy and, and, and Jesus told him to go and wash yourself in the river of Jordan. And he said, wash yourself seven times. And when you come up, the leprosy will be gone. I want you to know something. The Jordan River had no power to cleanse him of his leprosy. Just as sure as baptism has no power to cleanse you from sin there's no such thing as holy water there's only a holy jesus <laughs> and jesus is called the living water i want to make this plain when you get baptized the water is not what cleanses you the water is not what saves you the water is not what 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 makes you a christian it is jesus that does all those things baptism is just the symbol when Naaman went down into the Jordan River, the condition of him being cleansed of his leprosy was his obedience to God. And our condition of giving our lives to Jesus is obedience. That is, if we want to be saved, we need to be baptized. Not because uh, there's something that miraculously happens through baptism, no, but because God does things in order to test us, to see how faithful we are to him, to see if we really want this. And if we get baptized, it is a statement to all heaven that this is what we really want to do. It's a statement to the entire world that being a Christian is what we really want to be. There's a song that I love so much. And it says, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. And we can sing that song all we might want, but it doesn't mean anything. But the Bible says when we get baptized, we're telling the whole world, without even saying it, we're telling the whole world that we want to be a Christian. Uh, so what do we do with all these false ways of baptism? There are lots of ways people get baptized. What, what do we do with that? Where do they come from? And we can make this very plain. Uh, Mark chapter seven says, they lay aside the commandment of God and hold the tradition of men. Those different ways of baptism, and I don't wanna speak evil of them, but I want to acknowledge what they truly are. It's tradition, it's not biblical. Now we, those of us on this call, believe in what the Bible says. The Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 16 follow the Bible and the Bible alone. And so if we're going to be baptized, it's not through sprinkling, it's not through holy oil, it's not through slapping water on someone, it's not through holy water. No, no, no. If we're going to be baptized, we're going to be baptized the way Jesus was baptized, which is immersion into the water. If you agree with me, let me see you give a thumbs up or an amen in the chat. Baptism. This
is true back. Um, uh, now, now we need to be honest because those traditions do take place. Sprinkling is something that takes place. Uh, uh, you know, all those other things, holy water and those other things, those take place. So what are we supposed to do with it? Here's what I say. <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew 15 and verse nine, but in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Jesus says it's all in vain. It doesn't mean anything. No, no, I want that to be plain. Because there's maybe someone that says, oh, I was baptized by sprinkling, or I was baptized this way, or I, I, I had holy oil, or I did this. Jesus says, in vain. Now, that word vain comes from the word vanity, which means nothing. It means nothing. You want to be baptized, you have to do it the way Christ designed. And so I don't want to invalidate anything. But we need to make the decision in our minds and hearts to say, we are going to do what Jesus wants us to do. So that old baptism that took place, it's not, it's, it's, it's not the baptism that Christ designed for us. Therefore, it's not the baptism that, that will save me, is what I'm trying to say. If I'm going to be baptized, I need to do it the way Jesus did it. So then what do you say, Chase? Uh, what do you think should take place then? we need to have what is called a re-baptism. Someone that says, oh, I've been baptized, and, and see, this is Acts chapter 19. They said, oh, I've been baptized, but the baptism was not the proper way. And I was not baptized knowing everything that I know. So then what should I do? Acts chapter 19 tells us what we ought to do. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 19, verse two. Paul had just finished preaching. And he said to them, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you, when you first believed? And they said, no. They said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. They said, we have not such heard of a Holy Spirit. <laughs> they said, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And Paul said, well, Paul said to them in verse three, then how were you baptized? And they told him, they said, we were baptized in John's baptism. Then Paul said, all right, that's good. John baptized you with repentance. I acknowledge that. That's good. But now Jesus has come and you need to be baptized again. So in verse five, the Bible says when they heard this, that phone is ringing, I apologize. But in verse five, it says when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They got rebaptized. They were baptized before, but they got rebaptized. I want you to pay attention to that. Paul didn't invalidate their old baptism, but he said, now that you know something new, now that you know the truth, you need to get rebaptized. Some of us may have been baptized and we didn't know about the Sabbath. We didn't know about the state of the dead. We didn't know about the Holy Spirit. We didn't know about the true way of baptism. And Jesus says, now that you know this stuff, get baptized again. If, if, if you believe and if you want to consecrate your life to him. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. The Bible says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. If you gladly receive the word of God, if you enjoy the truths that you learn, if you love Jesus with all your heart, then the next step is baptism. It says praising God in Acts 2 and verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added 
to his church. In other words, what we suggest is baptism is also connected with joining the church. When you get baptized, you join a body of individuals who also have given their lives to Jesus. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's Christ's church. Christ wants us to be baptized. But the reason Christ wants us to be baptized is simply put, he wants us to give our lives to him. He wants us to renounce sin. He wants us to be cleansed from sin. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to get, uh, uh, wholly love him and wholly consecrate ourselves to him. And he has, he has designed baptism is the way to do that. I hope that makes sense. Now I'm getting ready to wrap this thing up. And I want this every time right now, because Luke chapter seven and verse 30, the Bible says, but uh, concerning the Pharisees, it says the Pharisees and the lawyers, they rejected. Listen to what it says. It says that they rejected uh, the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized. It says they rejected the will of God, and the way they did it is they refused to be baptized. It's the will of God that we should be baptized, and I remember my baptism. I remember it vividly. It was a long, long time ago, but I do remember it, and it will forever be the most special day in my life. There are so many great events that I have had in my life, but my baptism will always be special because that was the day I gave my life to Jesus. That was the day I surrendered to him. Don't be like the Pharisees who reject Jesus and refuse to be baptized. The refusal to do anything God has commanded you to do is the refusal of God. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you may say what was wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with that. It was just a fruit. It was just a tree. But you have to understand when they refused to do what God wanted them, they were refusing to have God present in their life. And so when we refuse to do the will of God, we are refusing to have God in our lives. So when Abraham took his son Isaac up into the mountain and he was willing to sacrifice him, even though God did not uh, allow him to go through with it, but his willingness to sacrifice was proof that Abraham was faithful and that Abraham wanted God in his life. So it is when you and I get baptized, we are declaring to heaven that we want the Lord in our lives. Now, when you get baptized, I told you heaven has a party. But let me tell you this. When you get baptized, when you get baptized in the book of Mark chapter nine, the Bible says, the Bible says that uh, in Mark chapter one and verse 11, that there came a voice from heaven when Jesus got baptized. And it said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Just like when Jesus was baptized, when you and I get baptized, the Bible says that, that, that God would declare from heaven, that person that's coming out of that water is my child. 
when I got baptized, I may not have heard it, but the father in heaven was up there talking about me to the angels and telling the angels, Chase Wild is my child. And when you get baptized, the same God that said that then and that said it to Jesus will say it about you, that, 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 that you are his child and you have surrendered your life to him and you belong to him. That's what happened when we get baptized. Jesus is pleased with us. Jesus accepts us and Jesus is happy because of the decision that we've made. Now I see a question in the chat and here it is. It says someone, should someone be baptized again as an adult if they were baptized as a child and they weren't ready to be baptized or didn't want to. And here's what I say to that. That first, well, number one, I would say that that is a decision that uh, should be made individually. No one should pressure anyone to be baptized. And of course, after hearing what you heard today, uh, uh, that's a decision that you should make for yourself. Knowing three things in particular, that an individual should be baptized when they personally believe, and an individual should be baptized when they personally understand what they're getting into. And the truth is, according to what we read in Acts chapter 19, that those individuals who did not fully understand were rebaptized that is something that would take place if someone did not fully understand or someone did not fully believe then that person should be rebaptized with full con conf confidence and conviction but of course it's your individual decision so i would answer that question as yes but it is the individual's decision um, for god does not force anything on us are there any other questions and uh courtney Please tell me if I answered that question well, uh, so that you understood with a thumbs up or something. Um, are there any other questions? If so, you can turn your mics on, you can go into the chat and we'll be free to answer. If not, please send me a thumbs up and uh, we can land this plane and wrap this thing up. I want to right now ask for a particular question because there's no point in talking about it and not making it available. Uh, there may be someone on this chat that says, I want to make the decision to be baptized. There may be someone on this call that says, I want to make the decision to be baptized. If that's your desire, here's what I ask you to do. I ask you to send me a message privately. Send me a message privately. You don't have to speak to with anyone else. And let us know. Say, I want to make the decision. It's not about what anybody else has to say. It's not about what needs. Just Jesus and you. The Bible says is an opportunity for just Jesus and you. For for we read in the Bible that, and I'm cutting out. Lord, give me better internet so that we can hear. But it says in the Bible that we are buried with Him, not with our mother, not with our brothers and sisters, not with our spouse, but we're buried with Jesus. Therefore, if we choose to get baptized, it's just between me and Jesus. And so there's somebody tonight. I'm sure of it that wants to give their lives to Jesus and they want to be baptized. They want to make that decision. 
send me a message in the chat and just say, Chase, I'd like to be baptized. Chase, I'd like to take the necessary steps for baptism. If that's your desire, please do so and do that now. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16 that we shouldn't wait to be baptized. It says, uh, in fact, Paul or the writer says, Peter, who was talking, he says, what are you waiting for? In the, in the um, Old Testament, I mean, in the Old English version of the Bible that we call the King James, he said, why tarriest thou? Which is another way of saying, why are you waiting? Get up and be baptized. If that's what God is calling you to do, make that decision. Don't waste any time. At this time, if there's no one, or if there is someone who wants to make that decision, I ask that you please send me that message in the chat. And if there's no other questions, and no one else has any other questions, we can have a quick word of prayer. But if you do have questions and you want them answered or uh, uh, you wanna wait till after and have a conversation with me, we can set up a, a personal conversation or a personal chat and you can, but you can just let me know that you would like to do that in the chat box in a private message. But if there are no other questions, let's have a quick word of prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to, to give our lives to you, for this opportunity to surrender ourselves to you. Lord, I ask sincerely for the Holy Spirit, and I ask that you would send it upon these individuals as well. Every individual and those individuals that will make the decision to be baptized, I ask that they'll do it and that they will do it gladly as those individuals who did it in the book of Acts. Seal their commitment and seal their relationship with you, dear God. Bless them, please, in the name of Jesus. This is my prayer. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this weekly podcast. If you like what you heard and you would like to get more resources like this, you can check out our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash BibleVision777. We also have a Facebook page, which you can check out, facebook.com forward slash BibleVision777. And if you'd like to contact us for questions or inquiries or special events, you can contact us at BibleVision777 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day.